Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Vogger-Milas, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me, as per usual, is my co-host, Miss Annie Bondo. Hello. Hello. How are you today? Oh, yeah. That's, that is code for those of you listening along at home. By the time you this episode gets in your ears, I will finally be done. It's hard to imagine this world with the, at this point, three-year-long odyssey of planning my wedding. Yay. <laughs> I mean, don't forget, I've actually been married for almost a year, but but we will have finally had our wedding reception nearly a year after we got married. And let me tell you, I don't know that I could have had like a worse wedding planning experience. <laughs> Um, it has not been fun. This is, this is, this is why I thank my lucky stars that like we got married in basically the span of two and a half weeks. There was no planning. I didn't really do anything. I was simply told to get myself a dress. And so I did. Yeah, that seems nice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, like, I'm really glad that we just decided to pull the trigger and like get married in the middle of COVID and everything. But we'd already paid like uh, all the deposits and stuff. So like this party was happening or we were just like literally setting a pile of money on fire. So, yeah, it's going to be a good party. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Like once I don't have to worry about this stuff anymore. (laughs) I'm sure you can find other things to pitch to places. I don't have to get like a get like a better hobby. (laughs) (laughs) So what are we talking about today? We are talking about... um, we are about a week, uh, a week into this show, which means two episodes into, I guess, if you want to be technical. But we're going to finally talk about the new season of Grantchester, which weirdly premiered on the same night as called Midwife. So we are we had to choose. We're rolling with it. <laughs> it's a weird fall. It is, you know, and and this is such an odd episode to sort of air right after that first episode of Call the Midwife, because Call the Midwife is all about establishing the fact that it was like in the mid 60s. And this episode, the first episode of Grantchester was all about establishing that it was 1958. Like every like it had so many little like silly Easter eggs from like the 1950s from like this this Mary's camp that they go to which is actually apparently like based on like a real set of camps that existed called but- Butlins. Um, I mean, did you ever read the... I, c- I could not stop thinking about it. I was a big fan of the Babysitter's Club books when I was a kid. And, well, a teen, whatever. I've read some of them recently. The Netflix show is great. The um, Netflix show is great. I interviewed those girls. They're so sweet. Uh, truly just an awesome show. But anyway, like they had these sort of like summertime specials that would come out and there's one of them that's like the sitters go to camp and like their camp counselors or whatever and that this this episode the premiere episode anyway had real big that energy for me like <laughs> why are these people at camp together i don't like I, I said this to annie before we started recording but like truly the thing that kept throwing me out of this episode was that there was just like no reason for all these people to be in this place together because like okay Let's say, let's take as as given that all these people are going to go on vacation at the same time, which who's running the rectory? <laughs> um, I, but let's just say that would happen. Like, this is the, there's no way that all of these people would choose this location to vacate in. So apparently, like, Butlins apparently started doing these sort of, like, um, the, these very, these 
basically geared towards like lower middle working class folk where they have basically these camps much like you know little little camp houses and it was basically an affordable way for Britons to go on holiday and they were apparently super super popular from like the mid 1930s to the mid 1960s like is it supposed to be it feels like it's supposed to be aspirational or something like like it's no it's supposed to it basically it's sort of like you know how people go to Disney World because like that way everything is done for you and you just pay one fee and you go and you're there for five days this is basically like the the forerunner of that oh that's not how I went to Disney World I just remember the restaurants in Disney World being like extremely pricey um well I I, I know I know families who do that I know have... I mean I know there are people that do that yeah. like you stay on the resort and you get like blinky wristbands and all kinds yeah. of things but yeah I just can't I'm sorry like Mrs. C and Leonard and Jordy, like all going to this place together. It just, it was really the suspension, my suspension of disbelief got a little bit of a workout here. Um, I have to say, you know, despite the fact that the, 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 the premise was ludicrous um, and obviously like very much contrived in order to set up the rest of the season. Um, I actually enjoyed the heck out of this episode, though I will say there was a moment where I was like, we've 10 minutes in and nobody's dead yet. What the heck? Um, also, I-, I have to say when Andy Nyman showed up, who was just the bad guy on Unforgotten, like all of like a month ago as Roy Reeves, I was like, he did it. He did it. And then, of course, he was <laughs> the guy who died. Um, so, oops. Um I uh I had to say I did like the episode um as sort of a, a a a conceptual thing like I I thought it was fun I thought it was silly um I liked th- I liked I liked that it was really bright like mm-hmm. like just in terms of like this like it's very sunny and pretty and it's just it felt very visually not like the show does a lot I mean again let's all remember that my frame of reference is a single season and like an episode no, but you're right. You're right. Usually th- this show has a tendency to be a little on the dark side. And this is very bright, very happy. This sort of had a busman's holiday sort of feel to it. And I really liked that. I mean, you know, as I said, it was very contrived. Of course, the the, the policeman who comes is useless and bumbles. Of course, like, you know, the, there there there's, you know, blackmail going on. Of course, like all of the things that happen, like the moment, like I stopped knowing, the moment that, that, that Andy and I turned out to be the guy who died, I was like, oh, and it was uh, Margie who did it. Like, I knew instantly, like, I didn't have to get to the rest of it. Like, I knew that that was the woman who had done it, and I just had to figure out why she'd done it. And the fact that she made it, it was an accident because she was trying to kill her actual husband was, like, a nice twist. But, like, I, I, I knew this is where we were going with this. Um, I The thing that actually took me aback... And when I watched this the first time, because this is the second time I've watched it, when the first time I watched it, I thought the Brian storyline was going to be like Leonard in a love triangle when that first started. Like, here's another mm. photographer who's also closeted gay. And here's also like... And, wow, and, Leonard has a type. Right, Leonard has a type, right? <laughs> like, straight up, Leonard has a type. And like, the whole, like, Maxim Gorky thing, who, again, like, real 1950s, like, this this was one of these people that, like, you read at that time period. Um, and, like, people who, like, identified as Marxists and, like, were into socialism. Like, this is one of the... This is one of the... Uh, the the active people that you read um 
And uh, so, so like, I, I really, I loved that. And I thought, you know, and they had this whole thing with, you know, I love, I love Dorsheyski instead. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be so cute. And then it was not. <laughs> and well, I, I, I thought it was a really strange way to. Oh, well, okay, wait. Two things. One, I do like that it's sort of this overarching Leonard thing that apparently is going to be the the sort of behind the scenes engine of the season. Yes. I thought that is really, I thought it was really well done. I thought it was really, you know, it really acknowledged how important this story is, considering you know how much we all love Leonard and how much how much very real danger he is in. Yes. And it also, also, this is one of the things, you know, one of the things that Grantchester has kind of been guilty of, especially in the early years when we had Sydney, is sort of, you know, like gloss, basically making it so that the hero has, you know, more progressive values than he would in real life. Like the fact that everyone accepts Leonard and accepts Leonard's sexuality the way that they do is you know, it's not historically accurate. We know it's not historically accurate. Like they have sort of made, they have sort of attempted to be, you know, a little bit more realistic about it with Mrs. C, but even that, like fans don't want that. And so there's been a level where like we have this character that we've created who is- It's sort of like a wish fulfillment thing. Right, Because even, even Mrs. C, like she came around, like she's still like, she likes Daniel. Yeah, she brought Daniel jam in the second episode. Like it's so sweet. Like she has totally like- yeah. And that's just not, it's just not, not that I expect the show about a vicar who solves crimes to be like a, a beacon of realism, but it's like really not realistic because being gay was a, a literal crime yeah. in England until 1967. It will be, it will be legalized next year on Call the Midwife. <laughs> I like that as our marker for when things happen historically. <laughs> but like that's a decade away practically yeah. for Leonard. And like it was a crime that you could be very like painfully punished for. I mean, look at Alan Turing. He like defeated the Nazis and he still got chemically castrated. Yeah. And then killed himself. Yeah. So this is, you know, the fact that we've had this character and we've sort of allowed this sort of wish fulfillment to to, to kind of go on for the past few seasons. Like, I get it. But at the same time, there we, we did actually have to eventually confront this in some way. I actually think it's real. I think it's really important that we confront that because, A, that's what happened. And B, I think it's... I don't want to say dangerous, but almost dangerous to sort of rosily view the past as like, oh, fine. In this tiny town, gay men could just live openly and happily. And it was, you know, people were getting arrested and punished in in other places. Like, it's just, you know, this is this is not distant history. Like, this is our this is our parents generation yeah and and like um you haven't seen earlier seasons but the archdeacon actually pushed leonard to marry before like he knows leonard is gay the archdeacon is is the the man who walks in with brian at the very end of episode two um that that's basically will's boss i figured i figured he was some just sort of church higher up yeah he 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 is their direct boss um and he is he he has he has made um when sydney covered for leonard he made it very clear that he was not pleased with that he made it very clear that he was not pleased with sydney's lifestyle um he has very much made it clear that he Speaking wants will priestly to- lifestyles can we please make up note to come back to how like i guess i guess will is done feeling bad about Again with ladies. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, I put a pin in that because I do want to come back to that. Yeah. Um, but honestly, like I, I, they have made they have tried before to make it clear how much Leonard could be in trouble for this and how society is basically trying to push him. The people who know are literally trying to push him not to be gay, like mm -hmm. literally get married and hide it. It makes me think about like, because we don't, we've come, we've come so far in just like since I've been in college in terms of like LGBT, LGBTQ rights and acceptance. And I just think that we have kind of forgotten culturally, like how much, not even all this other stuff about people pushing Leonard to be something he's not, but how much Leonard is personally risking like every day, just living his life. And like, that's a conscious choice that he makes. And and I th I think it's I I I am as much as I am heartbroken and terrified at the sight of the archdeacon and Brian walking into the precinct at the end of episode two. This has also been a long time coming, and I I I uh, well first of all um I I know that Al Weaver's going to knock this out of the park, um and I I really am looking forward to how i mean this is we we have serious stuff here and this is grantchester dealing with really serious stuff and i'm mm -hmm. really looking forward to watching them handle it even as i am absolutely like i i don't want to watch episode three i don't want to see the fallout because we know that, that that what will did was wrong. will literally lied to his stepfather and said listen i gambled away the church money can you give me 50 pounds <laughs> And then Which also again, like I I didn't hit me until like he said that, like how much money fifty pounds would have been back then. Right. I'm like, I bought like a a, a very like not nice wrap for like <laughs> less than fifty pounds in, in like, right? the like, Oxford Street Herods. Like Right, exactly. But like you know, to us a hundred fifty pounds is what, a hundred bucks? It's not that much in twenty first century money. Not even anymore. The exchange rate's not All very right. good. Um, but you know, like I still think of it as two dollars to one. Um anyway, uh uh the thing is is that what Will did is also massively illegal. Like he lied to his stepfather about the what he's got the money for, and then he went and he literally paid off this guy and said, "Go away!" Right? Like what he did is also illegal, and Jordy isn't going to be able to. Like Jordy has been very much, you know, best friends with Will in a way, and this is something that Jordy is not going to be able to just overlook. You know, it's one thing to overlook Leonard and to kind of know and to kind of pretend that you don't know, which is what Jordy basically does. I mean, he just went on vacation. He just went on vacation with him and his boyfriend. Right. Like, but there's a level where like he's sort of like sort of in, in passive, you know, passive. I don't think about it. Denial. Right. And this is not only going to be like uh, there there is homosexuality that you are ignoring put in his face but the person you use as your basic as your default second on cases basically like broke the law and like and 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 tried to pay somebody off to protect Leonard and use the church to do that and that's just like like there's so much here that's gonna just blow up from Will's choice not to tell Jordy what was happening from Will's choice to go and get the money from Will's choice to try and pay off Brian like the whole thing is going to it, it, it's bad like it's bad. <sighs> yeah. Um, but that all being said, um. I let's return to Will and his sexuality. Yeah, I went on at some length about this last season, but I was just like, oh, OK, we've just like picked up and moved right on past that. 
Well, I mean, the first the first episode does attempt to go back to let's make let's joke about the fact that everybody's getting blade but will. Um with the whole like we were taking a snooze thing. But I you know, yes, he immediately went and jumped in the water with that sunny girl and like clearly was ready to go sleep with her and yeah, I um I I don't know what to make of that. Like episode 2 sort of just sidesteps the whole thing because there's more important things to worry about than will love life. Um but I I don't know what they're trying to achieve here. I don't know if I should expect Sunny to come back later on in this season and be a relationship. I don't know if I should I expect that was a really different... weird. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that this is going to be sort of a thing where he, like, hot ladies sort of appear and, like, Jordy like, makes comments of, well, she's attractive. And, like, like in the second episode, even though that turned out to be the victim, like, you know... At, you know, there was a moment where it's like, is is our will and our will and the the, the adoption lady gonna gonna, you know, find themselves in a date sparring over the 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 rights of Mor- uh, morality of of, uh, of of babies going to richer families? Like, I actually thought that might be we were where we were going for a second, and then no, she turned up dead. Um, <laughs> I was very bad these two episodes of figuring out who it was who was going to die. I guess, I guess on some level. It's probably for the best that the show is just like moving on to this next thing because it really was not good at trying to write Will as 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 really taking Will's sort of celibacy thing seriously. Correct. And so maybe it's just like, you know, if you're not going to do it, like, just don't bother kind of thing. But it was really that was very jarring to me because I feel like that wasn't. I, f- I feel like that wasn't firmly established at the end of last season that he was just giving up on that. Yeah, I um, the thing, the problem with Will's sexuality last season is that they basically turned it into a butt of jokes the whole way, mm-hmm. and they never took it seriously. And if which they- means they never really showed him struggling, yeah, like the way that the way that I would have liked to see him sort of wrestle with it. Yeah. And so we're sort of forgetting about it and moving on this season. Um, you know, I, I, I have to admit, I was a little glad that the adoption lady Joan dropped dead, even though I was not expecting her to be the victim. Um, like I was glad of that because that meant, okay, we aren't going to have a woman of the week sort of thing going on, which is what I was a little Mm. bit afraid of for a second. Um, I, and I like the fact that episode two doesn't actually deal with Will's love life at all because there's enough babies to go around as it is. And we, we have other issues. Um, but I, I, I don't know what they're trying to do with his character here and his, what happened to what's her name? Oh, uh, she just disappeared. I, it is really not a good sign that like I don't remember the her journalist. name right now. But Ellie. yeah, I yeah, El, Ellie. Ellen? Yes, her name was Ellie. Um, yeah, like she. What happened to her? We have no idea. She just isn't back right now. Maybe she'll turn up in a later episode. I don't know. Um, one of the things about not reading ahead. I don't know. Um, I. I actually liked the second episode better than the first in Me a lot too. of ways. Me too. I was really, I have to admit, bored by big chunks of the first episode. I wasn't bored, but it was like the whole thing where like where Mrs. C competes and like shows off her legs was like, this is silly. There's a, There was a lot of silliness. And like, that's why I was like, we're 10 minutes in and nobody's dropped dead yet. What? Um, because there was a lot of silliness. And there was just a lot of like suspension of disbelief 
required. Not just that like they all go on vacation together, but that someone conveniently dies while they're on vacation together. And that they just like jump right into investigating it. Like even though they're in a totally different jurisdiction, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, like I, I know it, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a very mystery story trope to do the busman's holiday type episode. But like, I, I don't I, maybe define what that means for people who are listening because I don't know what that means. Oh, a busman's holiday is a uh, basically uh, when the, when so when a busman goes on holiday, he still has to drive. Mm. So it's the it's the idea that when you go on holiday, you're still doing your job. You're, yeah, wherever you go, there you are. Yeah, so it, it, you know it's it's basically like a, a um so like the idea is that you you can't get away from your job. Whatever you're doing is your job, and it, and it follows you to wherever you are. So it's not just that like they went on vacation, but they went on vacation and a dead body turned up. So of course they ended up working. I know you guys know you could have just not done that and that wherever you are has cops. Right? Like, it would be sort of like if, like, Rob and I went to Disney World for a week and, like, the lighting console guy got sick and Rob ran lights for a week while we were at Disney World. Like, that's the kind of thing that basically happened. Right? And it's like, no, that's not, that, that, no, because you're on vacation. You're not supposed to do that. Right? And, like, but at the same time, like, this is such a trope in the mystery world, like, that this happens with mysteries a lot. In fact, there are actual like mystery novels that are called things like Busman's Honeymoon and Busman's Holiday um, because it's such a trope. Um, So, you know, like they're just what they're doing here is something that is very standard for mysteries, which I think is probably why it didn't bother me nearly as much as it did you, because I'm used to this trope. But at the same time, like the moment you make me think about it, I'm like, of course, it's ridiculous. So yes, I liked the second episode better than the first episode. I thought the second episode was fascinating because, you know, one of the things we talk about a lot in 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 these period pieces is, you know, we try to basically give women's liberation more than it has, much like we do with the uh, much like we do with with gay rights, we try to pretend that women had more rights than they do. And and having this storyline where not only are these, you know, poor women basically being coerced out of their children because it's better for them to grow up in rich families, which is a real classist thing that really was good. This kind of this kind of social engineering was a real factor of British life in post war World War Two England. My father actually experienced something like this. He basically tested out of uh, when he was a kid. He tested into really smart schools and was taken away from his family because they were poor and he needed to go someplace where he smart people would take care of him. And he basically didn't see his family from like age of 10 to 16. Like, so this wow. is this is a real thing that people like these kinds of charities existed. I'm not shocked at all. It has like sort of a weirdly Dickensian mm-hmm. vibe to it. Um, what I was going to say, well, two things. One, I always think it's really interesting when this show tries to talk about class because Will is like the worst avatar for class. Yep. Um. And, like, no matter how well-meaning he seems, he is coming from... And I know he has, like, a terrible relationship with his parents. Like, I mean, join the club, kid. (laughs) But, like, he still is coming from a position of, of real privilege versus these women who are making choices about, like, will all of their kids get to eat? Right. It's not this is not an easy thing to 
this is a very naughty problem. It's not it's not as simple as the mother should love the baby and therefore the baby should stay with her. I know, and I feel like the show does lean a little into that, like yes. especially Will's speech at the Will's sermon at the end. Uh just, you know, like about uh the, the, judgment of so- the judgment of Solomon and like it, it very heavily implies that like things will turn out fine if you keep your baby because you're a mom and moms are great which to me really did not work with the message that I saw in the rest of the episode which that a lot like not every woman wants that I thought that was actually really great the way that it um that it really did give a voice to the like I don't feel maternal I didn't really want kids I I felt like ashamed that my husband couldn't have them because he wanted them like I thought that was really like Mm -hmm. it wasn't automatically positioned as a bad as the wrong opinion yeah no I thought Penny Asper's character was great um and I was actually kind of disappointed and how anti-adoption this episode sort of the the anti-adoption note that this episode ended on and yeah the ending of it really bothered me like oh okay because the reason that they can keep their baby is these rich people are gonna give them money yeah like that's what that's not yeah that doesn't fix the system no <laughs> like right like and 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 it wasn't even quite clear like what marcus meant by you know there's this charity that needs somebody to take it over i was like is he giving it to penny does he have the right to give it to penny what even i don't know i thought he was just gonna like get her to run it or something i don't know i was very confused by that yeah but mostly because it felt to me like the episode did a really hard swerve mm-hmm. from what i thought was a fairly even-handed kind of depiction of why people make hard choices yeah to uh, to being really like well she's a mom and now that she's held her baby again she realizes how much she loves him and needs to be with him or whatever just like i don't know the ending really fought for me yeah i i I had issues with the ending of the actual story and the mystery itself was such a throwaway right like we had this fake pregnant girl who just really wanted to see her mom and her mom just stumbled over a chair and accidentally killed right like that was sort of the end i was like really that's the ending right like there wasn't actually like some it was it was so sort of weird like i didn't like that at all i actually it made me wish that as much as i said i was sort of glad that we didn't have will having a woman of the week I kind of wished that that hadn't been the mystery. I wish that Joan actually had lived so that she and Will could continue that conversation because that was a very good conversation, especially contrasted by the issues we had here with Molly and Penny, where Molly is having her third kid and is exhausted and doesn't have the money or can afford to keep the kid. And well, and also I really and I will preface this by saying that I am biased against deadbeat fathers having grown up with one. But like, I really disliked the the framing of the dad Oh, uh, being, being the one to insist that he wants his kid back, even though it's not him who's going to really be raising him. Yeah, yeah. even though he clearly, like, e- even though it seems to me that he has had very little involvement in helping the other kids or being around for that family, like, but he's really attached to that child because it's his son, which I mean, I get that. But also, like, that's nice to say. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, it, it also... It, 
I, I felt like that also wasn't developed properly because there's sort of this, no, no, he's actually there for her, but she's so bitter and 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 she's been hurt so many times that she's not seeing it kind of thing. Yeah, why has she been hurt so many times? Right? Hmm. Like thinking face emoji. Right. Like there's so ma- there's there there's so much here that 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 needed to be unpacked in their relationship as well that just got glossed over in the last few minutes with the with the baptism. And there they are standing together looking like a couple. Ooh, you know, too bad he doesn't make any money and he's going to disappear down to the pub next at the end of the sh- at the end of the day. I mean, right? Thanks for showing up this one time. Right? Gold star. The bar for men is so low sometimes. I just want to throw up. Like <laughs> so yeah, like I I, I, I even so, I did like this episode a lot better than the first one. I thought that when it did hit the notes, it was hitting them really well. As I said, I thought the Penny Asper character was really something that we don't see enough of. Um, and I I would love to see more of those in period pieces. Yeah, especially of- because the thing is, like, looking at... Um- Molly, Molly, Molly. Molly is the the poor girl, and yeah, Penny like is the rich looking one. at her, like you never see, and they sort of undo it by the end of the episode, but you never see women in shows like this actually acknowledge how hard it is to live the lives that they live. Yeah, like to really say, I don't know if I can feed a third kid. Yeah, because we are struggling and scraping by, and my boyfriend, man friend, whoever, is not contributing and isn't dependable, and like that it makes their lives demonstrably harder. Yeah. And I was actually rather disappointed that the whole Nicola Hart thing turned out to be she wasn't even really pregnant because I also wanted to see, like, because there's a middle-class 19-year-old girl who has clearly gotten herself in trouble and needs to get rid of it and or in order to continue to live the class life that she has been born into. And... They, 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 they completely throw that away in service of a... a an unnecessary mystery that like I I, I, and I I like mystery shows and I felt that the whole like Jonah Nicola thing like just uh. like it would have made it would have made more sense if one of if somebody involved in the adoptions had actually been the one that killed her instead or of this, like, even just for Nicola to actually be pregnant and like be angry at her mother and like like the the fact that it was a oh fake because now pregnant- she has to like decide right herself like and that, and she has this yeah. new perspective instead of she has a pillow right like and the the making of Nicola Hart's pregnancy fake pissed me off so much just 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 got me I was not prepared for that and I and it and it really no, did I was too busy being mad at Will <laughs> mostly because I really just I really hate that sort of he came off as the worst sort of like combination of like uh very religious very organized religiousy people plus very rich people yes. like uh, like why don't you just keep the baby moms love their kids like Ugh. shut up yeah and you know like especially because amelia always sided with his father like he should know a little bit better um i speaking of um the the gurney clifford family um hello tomorrow <laughs> i uh i i was like wow a random half sister has just a a, a wild <laughs> stepsister appears i kind of love her <laughs> like she's so random Have she, has I, this character I, ever been mentioned before nope, she came out of nowhere like literally they have they, i i think they vaguely mentioned that Sinjin had children 
but like we never really we never really met them i i forget there might have been one at the wedding but it wasn't her um so this is sort of like they just it came out of nowhere kind of love it you know in the same way that i love esme like i i i i i i think this show does so well with young women sometimes that are like side characters like esme cracks me up like that whole she was to me one of the best parts of episode one was her being so mad that these what if we all went on vacation together this sucks right i mean who among us right and like the fact that she's like ranting about like stuff you know like you know we're you know ranting about like marxism and stalin but she's actually sitting there reading the famous five i actually looked that up because i was like is that a real book yes it is it's a series of children's adventure novels it's like she's literally wow. sitting there. Re- it's like she's literally sitting there, like next to Leonard as Leonard is reading his intelligent thing, saying "Yeah, yeah," while reading like Nancy Drew. <laughs> hey, now Nancy Drew is fantastic. <laughs> Nancy Drew is fantastic, but you know, like that's just, my point is anyway. Um, I, I I do love this is this is the second sort of sibling that they've they've given us that I like instantly fell in love with. I love the fact that she brought him the fifty pounds. I love the fact she was like, listen, the way you get money is you simply just b- bother him until he pays you to go away, right? Like I just I loved that. Do <laughs> you watch Parks and Rec? Yes, I do. Uh, she really feels like uh, John Ralphio's sister. <laughs> I just love her. Um, I also was really happy to see Larry back again in the second episode. I one person they couldn't figure out how to make go on vacation with everyone was Larry. Um, I I I always feel for Larry because you know basically he's supposed to be Jordy's sidekick and he's basically supplanted constantly by Vickers. Um, and and I'm almost hoping that like this actually gives him like something to do this year now that like now now that Will has done something genuinely unforgivable that is really going to break him and Jordy up. I'm really hoping that we get more Larry and that like we actually get to know him a little bit better. Do you really think it will though? I I think it will break him up for at least like a couple episodes this season. I in fact I would suggest okay, so this was episode 2, we have 8 episodes this season. I would say we'll probably have them broken up for at least 2 if not 3. I don't know. I just They'll break up in the next episode. They'll have a full episode off from each other and they'll make up in the third episode. Okay. Okay. I could definitely see that. But I also just feel like, I don't know, maybe it goes back to what we were talking about before that the show hasn't really done the best example of like, of it, because it wants to have it both ways of like Leonard and Peril, but also everyone around Leonard loves Leonard. Yeah. I mean, Jordy went on vacation with him. He can't be but so mad. But and yet he is going to be partly because now he has to deal with the fallout and because Will did this without telling him because Will did something stupid because now Jordy has to deal with it and because Will made Jordy look bad because Jordy has always sided with Will and now Will has done something that makes Jordy look bad. Like I expect this to be this will be. I expect this to have like real resonance um, even beyond the protecting of Leonard. Like there's going to be a part of Jordy that understands, of course you had to protect Leonard, but at the same time, listen, I was your friend. I'm a cop and you did what? Right? Like, yeah, I, I fully expect this to basically blow the two of them up next week. Um, and I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think, you know, in the same way that like, that like romance is you need to put something between the two like there there's a bromance that happens here that you need to put something between them every so often in order to get a satisfying arc of them coming back together um i don't know <laughs> i guess we'll see which one of us here is is correct um because i just don't i don't know it's it's this 
as much as I like um, um, Robson Green, I often feel like the show doesn't necessarily know what to do with Jordy. I will say that they that uh, Jordy is another one where they want it both ways. They they want to admit that his world war because the the entire premise of the original season when it was Sydney and and Jordy was that Jordy was the old school World War Two vet and Sydney was the new school nineteen fifties cool jazz listening guy. And now it's, you know, Will is the new school rock and roll and motorcycle driving guy. He has a leather jacket. But in 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 that sort of like move, Jordy's World War Two sort of grounding has kind of faded into the background. And that's partly because the show really had to concentrate on like switching from, you know, switching horses midstream on your show like that from from James Norton to Tom Brittany is not an easy thing. Right. Like, I understand why that's taken up the bulk of like everything and all the energy. But at the same time, like, I, I, I feel like. I feel like it's a little unfair to Jordy and that somebody coming in like you partway through doesn't have that grounding for him and is sort of like, I don't get Jordy. Mm. Me neither. <laughs> and I can't, and it's not even that I don't get Jordy. Jordy, I don't know what the show, I don't know how the show wants me to view him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And even, I didn't even see like the first season, so I don't even have that to compare it to, but like, just from a sort of 5,000 foot view, that character's a mess. Yeah, I really feel like one of the things that this could do, if we break him and Will up for, you know, a three episode arc or a four episode arc, is that we could really sort of get back to sort of redefining Jordy in this new world and sort of giving him back his grounding because we won't have to, since, since we've now established Will, like, we don't need to spend all the energy there anymore. Like, I'm thinking, did you, I don't remember if you watched the season. Did you watch the season where, uh, where Kathy got the job? Uh, no, but you told me about it. No, wait, was that last season? No, that was two seasons ago. Okay, um, no, I don't think I watched, I've watched, did I watch some of that? You might have watched some remember. of that. I loved the season where Kathy got the job and Jordy had to deal with the idea that his wife was a working woman and that not only did she enjoy going out to work, but that actually their family needed her salary along with his. And I really like watching him struggle with that and watching him sort of have to. And, and then, of course, she gets like the, the, the plot becomes that she becomes sexually harassed, that she gets sexually harassed at work. Oh, wait, and, I vaguely remember this. So I did watch some of this, at least. Yeah. And Jordy has to sort of let her fight her own battles as well. But even if they hadn't thrown that in, even if it had just been Jordy struggling with the idea that he is not the provider that he always wanted to be and that he is never going to be that provider and that I, I thought that was always really good. And I'd like to see more. I, I'd like them to give Jordy more to do and more to sort of like dig into and, and sort of reground him. So I'm, I'm sort of hopeful for that. I actually think the show is really interesting when it pokes at class things like that. Mm hmm. Like, and, and that's, you know, I wish that they had really been willing to leave the second episode a little bit messier. Yeah. Because I think that's interesting. Because I think this is such a, like, this is such, like, a bucolic, idyllic little town that, you know, on this, you, you everybody there wants to believe that they're basically, like, part of a, that painting, Thomas Kincaid painting, basically. Mm -hmm. And, like... This there's so much like messier stuff going on under it, and I wish that they would just be willing to like poke at that a little more and not have to have it be so neat in the end. 
Yeah, but it is a mystery show, and that is one of the hallmarks of mystery shows. Is they wrap up in forty-five to fifty minutes, and every—I mean, that's the thing—is order is order comes from chaos. That is why mysteries are so popular. It's the whole reason why they resonate with us. So, of course, everything has to be wrapped up, and you can't leave things messy. So, I get that that's what they're doing, but, but we do. But I mean, some of it we leave messy. Let's talk about what's his face. What Ben Brian. Ben. Brian, I knew it was a B name. Um, I, I, I think the Brian like, is, he a, is he a stalker? Like he doesn't live with near them. Like did he just like? Yeah, he basically he's become obsessed with Leonard because Leonard turned because Leonard rejected him, and 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 he's angry and he's he he he's angry that Leonard can live that life and he can't, and he's angry that Leonard has friends who will protect him and he has no one, and I I genuinely, you know. I've always, part of me has been waiting for them to get to Leonard's life need is, is not nearly as easy as, as we sort of, it's not the rose colored glasses we put on Leonard's life need to come off. Yes. Okay. I wanted that. I was not expecting them to get to it in this way. But it's, it's a it is a it does have like a little bit of like a ripped from the headlines feel right like there's a part of it where I was like this isn't quite what I I, I don't know how I feel about getting to it this way but at the same time you know there I mean because I, I do you're right I do think this is something that they need to actually like make a realistic part of the story but I also feel like it should naturally come from the place where like he lives not some rando that they like met on their weird group vacation who stalks them back to the town they all live in because it provides such an automatic and you see it happening already a little. It provides such an automatic way for like Grantchester, the town, to sort of yeah. close ranks around Leonard. And it's like this outsider who's attacking Leonard. I'm like, well, it's illegal where you live too. And and, and also, you know, I I thought um, um, Al Weaver has a scene in the second episode where he says how much he understands Brian and how a f- just a few seasons ago before they introduced you know Daniel as a character and they gave him this love story that this was kind of where Leonard was this very unhappy very angry you know very repressed person who who who, who was terrified of his own shadow in a way um, and and who might have when, if pushed in the wrong way, might have done something like this to punish someone who was happy when he wasn't. And I, I thought that was a really great speech. And I want, if, if the thing, that was actually the thing that began to bring me around on this Brian stuff, because at first, like at the end of the first episode, when he's like, you know, developing the pictures, I was like, oh, God, grown. But I thought that was that. that I really... know, get a hobby, creeper. <laughs> but at the same time, like the, that, that second episode really did sort of give this, it give this a depth that I, I want this to have. That, that, that Leonard could really like sympathize and, and, and emphasize and, and, and really sort of, I, 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 I don't want Brian to be an automatic evil dude because I think that's too easy. Yeah. It is, but also he's a stalker. Yes, and so he is. there's that. Yes. I do think I do think there is something to to wanting to poke at the kind of self loathing that people in this sort of position often carry for themselves, and and how that is clearly something that's being reflected outward toward Leonard here, and I think that's really interesting. I just don't know that I think this particular character is going to be the avenue to unpack that in a way that I would like. Yeah. 
Because because especially especially like when he starts yelling at him about I don't even like dudes. I was trying to trap you. Yeah. Like, no. Okay, dude. Sure. Um. Yeah. Because I mean that's the kind of like really sort of very internalized self hatred that I'm talking about, and I think that's really interesting and heartbreaking actually. But you know, very accurate for the time period certainly. But I also I just don't. I don't know how to square like what I want from that with the same dude who's like developing photos of this guy that he tried to kiss one time in his dark room. I also think that, you know, one thing you said about Grandchester when, when, when last season, when we talked about it was that you weren't sure if this show had the kind of nuance that it needed to do some of this. And I think that's the problem is that it, it does. And it doesn't, there are times when it really does hit the nuance with stories like Penny's and with moments like Molly, but it also doesn't, Want, it wants to it, it wants to be broader than that and so we have this sort of dichotomy in the stories where like parts of it are really good and parts of it are just you know grown worthy <laughs> yeah some of it is no. uh anything else that you would like to mention talk about thoughts predictions for the rest of the season no except that i know that this is i i am i am one i have not seen past episode two but i am 100 percent certain that the 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 jordy and will romance bromance will blow up next week i am putting my money on a three episode arc before they get back together it could be four but i'm betting betting three um and i really hope that we get i, I really hope that they take the time of dividing them to 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 give more to jordy and to to give more to 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 some of the stuff that has sort of had to fall by the wayside necessarily in order to switch leading men. Hmm. My weird prediction, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I there is some really weird chemistry between Will and the new stepsister. <laughs> well, they're and, not technically related. I mean, they're not technically related. What have we learned from watching however many years of Game of Thrones? Um <laughs> or even just Clueless with Alicia Silverstone and Paul Rudd. Um you're barely married to his mom. <laughs> So I don't know. I feel like that could be a thing. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. I, I am, I am, I am looking forward for more, to more Gurney Clifford family members. Let, let's see how many they could like randomly pull out of the woodwork. So weird. <laughs> um, okay, that is our uh, opening salvo into Grandchester season six. Uh, stay tuned. I'm sure we will come back to the season closer to the end of it. Any tell the people where they can find you in the meantime. Uh, you can find me at Annie Bundle on Twitter. You can find me at Miss Annie Bundle on Facebook. You can find adorable pictures of my fuzzy cats at Annie Bundle on Instagram. Uh, let's see. I'm a staff writer at Elite Daily and an associate editor here at Televisions. And I also freelance around the web. So if you basically want to know what I'm writing about this week, um, you know, just basically go to my Twitter. I Succession is coming and I will be reviewing it. Um, and I'm also recapping Dranchester and I'll be recapping Baptiste when that shows up too. So yeah just basically check my twitter because i basically retweet all of my bylines and that's where you'll find them huzzah um i am lacy mb on twitter that is l-a-c-y-m-b and like annie i write here a lot at televisions and around the entertainment web but i always tweet my bylines so come and be my friend and get all of that goodness if you just want pictures of my cats now that we have officially entered black cat season uh they are on instagram at baker and hammer they are so adorable yeah, we got them a spooky cat scratch house, it's which so Baker's cute. are Baker's already eating the roof off of. So, 
you know, your guess is as good as mine as whether that will actually make it to Halloween. Um, we shall see. The site and the pod, for those of you who don't care about either of us, are on social media at Televisions Blog, all one word on Facebook, and Tele underscore Visions on Twitter. We are a product of WETA, and if you like what we do, you can visit us at televisions.org and click on that donate button up top to help us keep doing it, where you will support public media and get access to PBS Passport, where you can just binge right on ahead and watch the rest of the season of Grandchester if that is how you like to roll. That is our show for this week. It is spooky season. Buy some candy. Enjoy it. Don't give it to the kids if you don't want to. And uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Get vaccinated if you haven't yet. Encourage those in your life who may be hesitant to do the same. Investigate whether you can get one of those fancy boosters that I hear are all the rage now. And I don't know. Send us an email televisions at weeda.org tell us about your halloween costumes or more importantly tell us about your cat's halloween costumes um may have bought some for mine at target yesterday so welcome the most wonderful time of the year and we will be back next week thanks for listening <laughs>